Hey everyone. <clears throat> um, do, do you all remember me? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, let me share personally just for a second. Um, some have been asking my family and I how we're doing. So this is a, a quick family report really quick. Um, you all know we're leaving for Taiwan in June. And this, this time of life has been very interesting. Like, um, like, so we have one foot that's, you know, planted and closing well at CLC. And by the way, super encouraged by yesterday's retreat and, and just uh, joining, joining the chorus of voices and saying, great job team. That was, that was, a, that was a great retreat. Um, and then one foot let's, you know, planted in planning well for Taiwan. And so this week, God has been providing on both fronts. And so uh, Bruce is going to show up at the end and he's going to share how God has uh, provided for our church. And I'm happy to say that all of my kids got into the school of their choice in Taiwan. So thank you all for your prayers. It's going to be a huge part of their transition and just a big, you know, thank you, Lord. You know, uh, we're really grateful. Okay. Today, we are starting a new book and a new series and a new study, and it is in the book of Ephesians. Woohoo! Okay, the book of Ephesians is 2,400 words only, all right? Now, I, I put this in my, my Bible uh, I folded it up. Ooh, that's, you know, but still good. Um, can you believe it's only, it's only this, um, this long? It is six chapters long. Now, that's it. But the reach of Ephesians is greater than you can imagine. Now, what am I talking about? Uh, during this pandemic, we're, we're all feeling like a, a low-grade anxiety. And so when we come to worship on Sunday, we feel this need like, yeah, 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 let's get into the word of God. But, but can we talk about something that's relevant? Um, let me tell you, this one book, Paul is talking about the beautiful gospel and how relevant that gospel is to pretty much every part of life. In a sense, the gospel of Jesus Christ gives you a whole new world. It changes everything. It changes your identity. It changes your joy. It changes how you see race. It changes how you do church. Are you married? Changes everything about marriage. It should. It changes how you relate to your parents. It changes how you relate to your boss. It changes how you relate to yourself and especially how you relate to God. The gospel of Jesus Christ offers you a whole new world, okay? It is relevant for every part of life. Did you know that for the great reformer John Calvin, Ephesians was his favorite book? People who love to study God's word have called this book the crown of St. Paul's writings. Another called it doctrine set to music. And another called it the greatest 
piece of writing in all of history. Now, let me ask you, do you think it's true? You think it's true? Well, how about reading it for yourself? Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's the first time you will read it this week. Uh, if you read one chapter a day, you can pretty much finish the book in a week. And then you can start meditating on the parts um, for next week that the Spirit leads you to meditate on. All right. Let's start with chapter one today. Okay. Now, the main idea I have for you from chapter one is this. You ready? No matter where you are, no matter how bad your situation is, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you always have a reason for joy. You always have a reason for joy. And this is a joy. Uh, C.S. Lewis called it a serious joy. It is a joy that can never be taken away from you. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this perhaps to be the very best thing about being a Christian. Like one thing I love and I will always love is to be happy. <laughs> I always love being happy. I always love having joy. And I'm finding that a lot of us have a desperate need for joy, desperate need for joy. I mean, during this past year, uh, we've been struggling. Uh, I, I've been struggling with like, you know, a low-grade anxiety. Uh, recently, I went on vacation. I couldn't sleep for two nights because I was worried about something. No, I'm not kidding you. Uh, right around that time, right around that week, I, I spoke to a student and he was studying for his exams and he was so stressed out and just really struggling with anxiety. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not the only one who is, um, I am not the only one who is lacking in joy. And then I, um, I'm not kidding you. During this same time, I spoke to two friends of mine, same week. And they've been telling me that they've been waking up at 3 a.m. and they can't go back to sleep because they're anxious about something. And then another friend of mine woke up with a panic attack. What is going on? I'm like, what's going on? Our community is so stressed out. There's so much uncertainty. It's killing our joy. And here is Ephesians chapter one. And the big takeaway point from this chapter is that the gospel in the gospel, you always, no matter what circumstance, have a reason, many reasons to be very, very happy. Is this true? Do you believe this? All right, here we go. I'm going to read this passage to you. And as I'm reading this passage to you, I want you to lean in. I want you to listen. And I want you to pay attention to the very first thing that you notice as I'm reading this passage. All right, here it goes. Starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things in earth. Okay, church family. What did you notice? What did you notice as I read that passage? Now, I think when I was um, reading this, the, the thing that just kind of leapt out at me is really the language of abundance and generosity. Now, check this out. Verse three, blessed, blessed, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Verse six, which he has blessed us more blessing verse 7 the riches of his grace verse 8 which he is which he has lavished in the original greek this paragraph is one long sentence now do you all remember in english, english class when the teacher said you can't do that according to the rules of english and paul is i mean because it's a run-on sentence and paul normally doesn't do this but Paul is on this freight train of joy and gratitude, and it's like he just can't stop. It's gushing forth. It seems that Paul knows something about God, and he is spending a lot of time thinking about that. It's something that maybe most of us don't normally think about. Like when, when, you, when you woke up this morning, this is probably not what naturally came to mind which kind of gets me excited because I start to think, what would happen to us if we did think about the things that Paul often thought about? All right, now let's walk through this text. We're going to go verse by verse, and I'm going to explain each verse. I'm going to point out a joy that is yours in Christ, okay? And then every verse, I'm going to point out another joy, another joy, another joy, and we're just going to stockpile all these joys, and it's going to have a bit of a cumulative effect. Okay, you ready? Let's go to verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. All right, let me point out a few things. First, the word every. The word every means all of them without exception. So all of them without exception. So uh, how many different boba drinks have you had at rare tea? If I say every one, what does it mean? It means all of them without exception. Okay. How many Pokemon have you caught? If I say every one, it means all of them because you got to catch them all without exception. How many spiritual blessings do you have in Christ? And Paul says, every one. It means all of them without exception. Now, the second word that I want to point out from this verse is blessed. Uh, it's right there. God, who has blessed us in Christ 
with every spiritual blessing. Now look at that word blessed. Okay, now here's my question. What tense is blessed in? You got three choices. You got past tense, you got present tense, you got future tense, and the answer is it's past tense. Future tense would be God will bless us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, but that's not what it says. Paul says God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. It's like Paul is saying, you have been already blessed. It's already been given to you. You already have it. Now, I, I want to apologize in advance for how much this next illustration falls short. Please forgive me in advance. But for most of you, yep, hey guys, I'm talking to you. Uh, everyone, I'm talking to you. What do you have in your pocket right now? Like, like seriously, what do you have in your pocket? Not your car key, keys because you're not going out. Not your wallet because you shouldn't be. What do you have in your... Oh, you have, you know, what I have in my pocket, which is this. It is a smartphone, right? Now, my mother has one of these too. But here's the thing. She doesn't really know how to use it because um, she is, with all respect, in the ways of life, mature, but in the ways of technology, right? And so she's not really good with her cell phone. And so we're looking at something complex and she's on the other end of the phone. And I said, mom, because she can't describe it to me. So I'm like, mom, take a picture of it with your, your, with your smartphone and then send it to me as a text. And my mom is like, wow, you can do that? I'm like, oh yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally do it. Let me, let me show you how to do it. And then there's another time where she wants me to remind her of her vaccine appointment. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, mom, um, why don't you just set up an appointment um, on your phone and then your phone will remind you at the right time. And she's like, oh, wow, the smartphone can do that? I'm like, mom, the smartphone can do that. Different context, okay? I'm like, mom, uh, turn on the flashlight in your phone. She's like, wow, the smartphone can, do I'm like, mom, your smartphone can do oh so many things. In a sense, it can do everything. You can Zoom, you can learn to cook, you can order pizza all through your smartphone. It's like my mom does not know what she already has been given through her smartphone. Sorry for the poor illustration. But so many Christians do not know what they already have been given through Christ. You have every spiritual blessing you can possibly imagine. That's what Paul is saying. You, you already have it. You already have it. Church family, do you know what you already have in Christ? All right, let's keep going. And we're going to unpack uh, a lot of these. Verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Okay. The word I want to point out here is chose. God chose us. So not only did he choose us, but this verse says that he made the decision to choose us before the creation of the world. 
Oh my goodness, that's a really, really long time ago. Now, this is really good news for each one of us because deep down inside, we all want to be chosen. Um, I, I met my wife in home group. And during that time, there were a lot of guys that were um, wanted to date her. And they were asking her on motorcycle rides, and she went with them. And they were asking her on one-on-one dates, and she said yes to that too. And she's like, all these guys want to be my friend. And I'm like, no, they don't. You know. And I, I asked her. You know, after we started dating, I, I said, I asked her, like, like, you know, what was the story behind you saying yes to me? And she said that she wanted me. She said that she liked me. And that was the first time that I, I started to, like, question her judgment, you know. But, but it sure felt good because everyone wants to be chosen. Now, I just want you to imagine how I would feel if I asked her why she said yes to me. And she said, well, you know, I mean, you're the only guy who liked me and I was getting older. I didn't, I didn't think I could do better. How would I feel? I would feel awful. I would feel undesirable. I would feel like, you know, she's not really that committed to me. Everyone wants to be chosen. Church family, here's another reason for joy. God chose you. Yes, you. How committed is he to you? He chose you before the creation of the world. He has wanted you for a very, 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 very long time. He is that committed to you. Now let's keep going. Verse five. In love, he predestined us. Predestined means he chose, he planned it all out. He arranged it all out to the counsel of his will. He predestined us for what? For adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Okay, now, He planned it all out so that we would be adopted to himself as sons. Back then, the son would get the inheritance and the property. This is not really about gender. It's about inheritance. It's about access. It's about intimacy. Now, I've heard it said, because, well, I feel the same way, but I've heard it said that to have a son or a daughter is like having your heart outside of your chest, walking around. Your heart walking around on two feet outside of your chest. Can you imagine that is how God feels about each one of us because of Jesus? You are his heart, his very heart, outside of his chest, walking around. Because you're a son, you're a daughter. By the way, This kind of reminds me of something that perhaps in all of my ministry at CLC, I have never shared with you all before. I have been a pastor for adults for about 11 years and for youth for about five years. When I was in youth ministry, there was just a lot of doing life together with youth. So this is a true story, okay? A lot of life together. Uh, you know, in and out, phone calls, getting to know them personally. Now, there's a member of our church who 
and still is a member of Layman, okay? Um, that when I was a youth pastor would call me at 3 a.m. about their problems. 3 a.m. about their problems. Okay, now listen, as a pastor, uh, man, getting a good night's sleep was really important to me. Feeling rested and at full capacity, really important to me. But this kid kept calling me at 3 a.m. and started doing this on a regular basis. And, and, and I would get up and go and see this person. Now, I've told you this person still attends our church, and I hope it's not embarrassing for me to reveal, but I'm going to do this big reveal. Here's the reveal. This person is Christopher Huang, my son. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, when he was six years old, he would wake up at 3 a.m. and just start crying his head off, and I would get out of bed and go and comfort him. All right, now... What just happened here with this big reveal? The story kind of went from, that's not appropriate. And we're all feeling a little uncomfortable. You know, I would go and visit this person at 3 a.m. And it went from that to like, oh, no, 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 that sounds about right. That is what a father would, I mean, who would dare call Pastor Andrew at 3 a.m.? And the answer is a son, only a daughter has such intimate access to a father. Only a son, only a daughter would, would disturb the father at 3 a.m. And only a father would get up and go. You know, you know why? Because a son, a daughter is a father's heart walking around outside of his chest. That is how God feels about you. There's another reason for joy. You are a son or a daughter of God. Wow. Of all living creatures in the universe, you have the most intimate access to God. Angels can't even say that. You have the most intimate access to God. You are his very heart outside of his chest walking around. Verse 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Now, I was wondering how I can explain this concept of being forgiven so it's not so abstract. Um, let me try this. Max Lucado tells a story of a woman named Victoria Ruvolo. It's a true story. It happened in, in 2004. She's driving home one night, back to her home in Long Island. She's coming back from her niece's recital. There's an 18-year-old boy approaching her in another car that she doesn't see. And of all things in his hands... He's leaning out the window and holding a frozen turkey. So he's leaning out the window, leans out the window, and as he's passing by Victoria, he throws the turkey at her windshield. This 20-pound turkey crashes through the glass, bends her steering wheel, and then shatters her face. 
So she is, you know, sent to the ICU. Her, her, her jaw is like wired. One eye is held together by synthetic tape. Titanium plates are bolted into her cranium. Nine months later, she stood facing her offender in court. His name was Ryan Cushing. And um, nine months later, he's no longer this cocky kid. He was, he was trembling. He was crying. And people were so outraged by what happened that they packed the courtroom because they, they wanted to see this like man get what he deserves, you know. But, but, but the judge only gave him six months behind bars, just six months. And everyone was so outraged except Victoria. In fact, the reduced sentence was her idea. And the boy walks over and, and, and she, just, she just embraces him. And while the judge and everyone is looking, she just holds him tight, you know, even strokes his hair. And you know, he sobbed and she spoke and she said, I forgive you. I want your life to be the best it can be. Now, I don't know how better to say this. We are Ryan Cushing. We are the ones who threw, threw the frozen turkey and we didn't know how much pain and hurt it would cause. We didn't know the offense that it was to God. We are Ryan Cushing. But in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Through his blood, through his sacrifice, we have been forgiven and freed from our sins. Please, church family, don't ever get over that. Church family, we have another reason for joy. We have been forgiven. Verse 9. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, all things in heaven and things on earth. Okay, so here Paul is telling us the last blessing that we are covering together this morning, which I think is hope. But look at how he sets it up. Paul says, God has made it known to us the mystery of his will. You're thinking mystery. What's the mystery? A, a mystery here, by mystery, Paul means a truth that was once hidden, but now has been made known. A truth that was once hidden, but now has been made known. Before Jesus, it wasn't really clear how human history would play out. It wasn't really clear. Is there an afterlife? I mean, this is the question that is like burning in King Solomon's mind as he's writing the book of Ecclesiastes. I mean, it's driving him crazy. He wants to know what's the point of all this if in the end we die and just become worm food. You know, the rivers run to the ocean, but they're never filled. What is bent cannot be made. What's the point? What is the point? Paul here is like, okay. At one point, it was unclear, but now God has made it known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose. I mean, look at the setup. According to his purpose, which he has set forth as a plan for the fullness of time. Are you ready? Here it is. God 
will bring all things in heaven and earth under Christ. All things will be brought under Christ. It's like Paul saying, yeah, there was a time when we didn't know how things would end. And arguably, we would be justified in freaking out like Solomon. But now that mystery has been revealed. And so there's another joy that you can, you, can, you can have that can never be taken away. And knowing that mystery makes all the difference. All right. Um, let, me, let me try to uh, illustrate this in a, in a way, hopefully, that we can relate to. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to introduce you to someone you might know as Christopher Huang, but today he will go by the stage name of... The Magnificent Me. Okay, can you say that again? Who are you again? The Magnificent Me. Woo! The Magnificent Me. Okay. Christopher, during the pandemic, has become quite the magician. He has become quite the magician, and he has learned a whole bunch of tricks. Here's one of the very first tricks that um, he has learned. Go ahead, Christopher. Dad, can you give me something that's valuable to you? You want me yeah. to you want me to give you something that's valuable to you? I just happen to have a picture right here. This picture is of my father when he's a young man. Okay, I'm gonna show it to everyone in the audience. I, I only have one picture of my father as a young man. Um, and so here it is. And because, because I, I only have one, it's very precious to me. So Christopher, I, uh, you wanted something valuable. Here it is. Okay. So I have three papers. Three papers. And I'm going to put this picture in the third paper. Okay. Here you all see. Here's the picture of my father in this uh, third paper. Got it. Now I'm going to close it up. Okay. Boom. And then I'm going to wave my magic wand three times and tap it. Okay. One, two, two three. three. Okay, okay, what happened? Now, I'm going to open it. You're going to open it. Okay, first paper. Second paper. And the reveal. Christopher, there's still a picture there. What's the problem? How's that a trick? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, Christopher. What did you do to my father's picture? Christopher, that is not funny. What did you do? All right. Um, that is really impressive and so not cool, but I'm still going to give you a hand. Let's give a hand for the magnificent me. Well done, Christopher. Thank you. Take a bow, and, uh, and I'll see you later. Good job, Chris. Okay, now um, <clears throat> that is a great trick, but here's the thing. Um, I am not panicking. I just gave him a picture of my father and he shredded it up, but I am not panicking. Do you know why I am not panicking? I am totally relaxed because Christopher has revealed to me how this trick works. I know how he does it. Um, I know that the, the shredded picture is called the turn. 
And I know that the last part is called the prestige. And I know in the prestige, he's going to bring it back. I know the mystery. It's been revealed to me. So I'm cool. Now in real life, I might be panicking, but I know the mystery. During this pandemic, amid police shootings and Asian American hate and the eight who were killed in Indianapolis, it is a scary world. But church family, you have another reason for joy. One day, all things will be united in Christ. The world will be restored. The king will return. Everything broken will be fixed. Everything sad will come untrue. So now we fight this good fight, not with anxiety, because we know who wins in the end. And that makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. Church family, this is um, one of my last messages that I get to share with you. And honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. Imagine what you would be like if every morning you went back to Ephesians 1 and you thought about each of these blessings. What if you took a moment every morning and thought about what you already have? Not scarcity, but abundance. What if every morning you remembered, you remembered that you remembered I have been chosen before the beginning of creation and then you take joy in that? I mean, in the pandemic, when we have all this uncertainty and there's so much stress about work or this exam or our, our, our health or our kids, what if you, because of the gospel, you remembered you have been chosen before the creation of time to be a son, to be a daughter of God, and then you root your joy in that. During the pandemic, amid all the uncertainty and stress, what if you remembered, I have been forgiven for all of my sins, and one day all things will be united in Christ, and you put joy in that? You would have a joy that could never be taken away. Problems would come, but you wouldn't lose your poise or your perspective because your joy is rooted in things that external circumstance could never change. You have been chosen before the world began. Nothing can change that. You are a son or daughter bought by the blood of God. Nothing can change that. You can know that no matter what situation, no matter what the world throws at you, you know that in Christ, you always have many, many reasons to be very, very happy. Let's pray. Although one of the, the best things that we love about being people of faith is the joy that is ours in Christ. And I just want to pray for all the, the church family and all the friends that are, that are um, tuned in. Father, would you show us what we already have? Give us eyes and faith to see it and unpack every joy for us so we can have this unstoppable joy that can never be taken away, that is rightfully ours in Christ and only in Christ we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.